And you might know we are in a series, so part two of the sermon. So for those of you who missed part one, uh, that is all right. The principles, they all stand by itself and you will take something valuable with you today. But we had three points. We talked about uh, we need to put people above profit, right? In many companies, it's shareholders first, it's everybody else first. But we want to operate according to the principle of people above profit. And then we said that we want to serve happiness. You know, many times people just push their thing to other people. People just want to sell their stuff to other people. But we try to serve happiness. We try to understand the needs and the wants and serve accordingly. And then we also said that we want to do, we want to think B2B, B2C. And uh, we have a new definition. B2B is Bible to business. How do the values in the Bible apply to our business? And B to see how does the, the business help the church? How can what we have in our lives help the church? And, and all this came out about because a couple of weeks ago, the Straits Times and Statista, they did a survey and they were looking for the best customer service uh, companies in Singapore, right? They were surveying everybody. And thank God, we were very relieved that our name came up. So there were like 90 over categories and they evaluated companies. And in our category, we came up on top. And that was uh, nice, that was uh, really good to know, really good to have. But then we also realized that they said overall, among all the 90 over categories, they had a ranking. And to our surprise, we also realized that we made it to the top uh, there as well. And we started to think about like, how did all this happen, right? And that's how the principles, we, that's why I share with you these principles. And one of the reporters, she even wrote this. She wrote that small local company ranked number one uh, for customer service. So that's what they say, but I didn't like the cost small. But compared to Apple, yeah, there's nothing that we can do about, about that, right? So, okay, yeah, never mind, we are small. And, uh, but you know, um, something interesting happened last weekend because uh, this went out in the news, so people started to read. And last weekend was 9-9. And during 9-9, many companies, they have good deals online. Now, what happened is that one of our staff made a mistake. Now, everybody makes a mistake once in a while. And uh, this staff listed a $2,000 product, um, not at a 10% off, but at 10% of the price. So 90% off. So $2,000 became 200 so a couple of people bought it before we could catch the error. Now, what do you do, right? So we uh, called the customers and we apologized and we even offered them a $100 cash card to apologize for the emotional roller coaster that they went through, right? You thought you have a great deal, but actually it was the staff who made a mistake. And I must say, many, most customers, okay, it was only a handful, they were totally okay. But on Saturday evening, I had a direct message on my Instagram. And he went like this. He said, you know, I bought this product from your company and now they call me. Somebody make a, made a mistake and they say, is it okay that I don't get this deal? And I, I want to say, I read in the newspaper, you are people above profit. You are relationship above revenue. You should honor this. Yes, and we were like, should we be concerned? Should we be laughed about it? And um, 
you know, we just keep on going on, right? When your values are public, when you say certain statements, people take you by their word. And I'm going to share with you more principles today. And I trust that you take it in the right spirit. And that not one day you knock at our door and say, you got to give me that good deal. Now, in yesterday's service, I didn't tell them how we resolved it. Do you want to know how we resolved it? I'm not going to tell you. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, we honored it, right? We honored that deal since he quoted our principles and our values. And we should have been more serious about defining what we mean. It's the stuff. And yeah, never mind. Okay, never mind. So I'm going to share more principles with you today. And the disclaimer is some of you may think you only talk about one companies when you tell stories. And that is true because I have been running this company for 12 years. And I don't have any other stories. So the principles, the stories, they come from one company. And we are not publicly listed. I'm not trying to boost our share price. I'm not even telling you the brand names that we are representing. So it's all good, okay? But don't feel I'm biased even though I am biased, okay? So I thought it would be fun to have somebody up here uh, to share his story. He's a Heart of God Church member, and it's great to hear how Jesus has changed his life. And then he was also an intern in our company, and it will be very interesting for you to hear from an intern's perspective what's going on. So can you help me put a smile on your face and welcome John as he's sharing his story with all of us? So, yeah. Hi everyone, I'm Jonathan, but you can call me John. I'm a year four student in SMU and I used to be someone who just went with the flow in life. I chose to study accountancy because it sounded like a good degree that people generally go for, though numbers didn't really interest me. But I had a pretty cool passion, dancing. My social media was flooded with dance videos and I spent all my spare time jumping from one dance class to another. The adrenaline from the performances and the spotlight all felt great but I was still searching for more. When people asked if I wanted to pursue dance in the future or if there's anything else I wanted to do, I really had no answer. I grew up in a Christian family, but I wasn't serious about God. I was more concerned about my own achievements and my status in the eyes of others. On top of studying hard for my exams, I was the vice chairperson for my dance CCA. I helped to organize orientation and other school events. Um, but while there were always activities filling up my schedule, None of them really left me feeling fulfilled. But things changed when my friend invited me to Heart of God Church in 2016. The church had just moved into this venue and everything looked amazing. But what really struck me were the people. I had never seen anyone so passionate about God or church. And there was seriously something to their Christian life that I knew I was missing out on. So I decided to keep coming back because I wanted to find out what it was. My newfound hunger for God led to much deeper encounters with Him. Instead of just focusing on my life and drifting through, I started to pray, God, what do you want me to use my life for? That's when I felt prompted to start serving in church. God told me to serve in areas that are unseen. In dance, I had been so used to caring about who's on stage and who's in the centre and how people view me. But God wanted me to grow to have humility. So guess what? I joined the Building Maintenance Ministry. <laughs> we clean the church and ensure the premises are conducive for all of us here to enjoy. 
And the more I clean the house of God, the more my love for God and His house grew. Another defining moment for me was when I witnessed one of my CG mates giving his heart to Jesus over Zoom. It was the first time I personally witnessed such a genuine salvation and joy. And this was after many weeks of the CG praying together. I knew then that I wanted to spend my time bringing God's love to other people. Like many uni students, in my third year of uni, I started to think about internships, where I wanted to intern before I could start work. I recall hearing from some of my CG friends that they were sharing about their experiences in TC and the work culture, how customer-focused it was. And beyond all that, I remember hearing the stories about TC Cares. During the circuit breaker period, the retail stores were all closed, but TC still paid all the part-time promoters as though they were still working. And I was so amazed. I had done other internships before, but never in a company that's anchored on Christian values. So I thought, why not? So I applied for an internship in TC and I got accepted and I immediately took a leave of absence to intern for one semester. On the first day of my internship, I met my HOD, Regine. I was expecting a serious briefing about my job scopes in the accounts department, but she shared the heart behind doing accounts in the verses Luke chapter 16, verse 10 to 12. It was about being trustworthy and a faithful steward with money. She shared that when we recognize how the money that we deal with goes to someone else, it impacts their lives, we'll be even more faithful to the accounts. And that really blew my mind. As an accounting student, I thought the purpose of any accounts department was just to balance the financial statements. And all the accountants will agree with me that when it actually balances, you're so happy. But, <laughs> but now I learned that it's beyond just doing a job. We can apply our Christian values anywhere that we go. And it's so much more important to have character and a right heart. Throughout my internship, my managers would roll me in for meetings with external vendors. I even attended a great place to work masterclass event that my CEO Christian was sharing in. And that was really insightful. And all of this had nothing to do with my job scope. But they just wanted me to learn more. Pastor Howe also met some of us who were newer in TC to get to know us better. He encouraged us, answered our questions, shared so candidly with us. In church, we learned that we don't use people to build the church, but we use the church to build people. And I saw this same heart echo in TC. In the accounts department, I helped with billing, um, accounting for all the orders, making sure they were paid for, properly fulfilled. And that's when I noticed something unusual that you won't normally see as an intern in any other department. Hundreds of products were being tagged as gifts to send to people for free to bless them. Pastor Hao and Pastor Lea, as the owners of the company, were using their business to give products to their friends, to overseas pastors and guests, to members in the church, just to encourage them, to celebrate milestones with them, to love them. And these gifts were fully paid for by the company. So all of this made zero sense to the accountant in me because giving away products just means no revenue, only expenses. I'm sure that none of us learned in school that this was the way to make money. <laughs> but I saw it here, the B2C principle that we learned about in the previous sermon, business to church. It was displayed right in front of my eyes and truly the business is a channel to bring God's love and blessings to others. While interning, I continued to serve in church and my ministry leaders guided me to lead a team in the building maintenance ministry. I also trained to give follow-up Bible study lessons to new Christians and at the end of each day, I found myself with one word to describe how I felt fulfilled. I, 
I no longer wander around searching for the missing piece in my life. I found what fills my heart, a love from God. And I want to constantly share this love with others. When I first came to HOGC, I was wondering, why are these people so passionate about God? Now I'm so glad that I no longer need to wonder because I've truly encountered God for myself. He has filled me with a joy and given me direction in life. And I've even found a purpose in why I'm studying accountancy. Beyond the degree, the knowledge, I have a vision that what I do can be used by God to serve His purposes and to bless others. Right here, I found something worth living for. Thank you. Yeah, let's give John a big applause. Yeah. Yeah, shared so vulnerably, so openly with all of us. Thank you. Yeah, and why don't we also give our Jesus a big hand? Wow. And hey, you know what? Thank you for standing up. But why don't you grab a seat? And you know, there's nothing better than when you can find purpose. You know, when he was sharing about how he's found purpose, you can see he's truly a changed man. And that's, that's really what God wants to do for all of us, that we can find the purpose. Now, he also shared a bit about his experience in, in our company. And you know, the, the owners of the company, yes, they're Pastor Hao and Pastor Leah, and I'm the, the guy running the show, the CEO, together with a few other people. And uh, it's just so good that we can apply all these principles uh, in the business. And it just makes such a, a difference to put people above profit. Amen? Amen. So, hey, you know, uh, the, Apple, the, the reporter, the journalist was saying that we are small because Apple is big, right? We are ahead of Apple. Uh, that's why it's such a miracle that we are uh, ahead of Apple. Now, if you were to buy Apple, the whole company today, you need about 2.7 trillion US dollars. Okay, Apple is valued in almost 2.7 trillion US dollars. That is actually more than the GDP of many countries. So they are a huge company. Now, I don't know what, uh, what price we could sell TC because it's not for sale, but probably not 2.7 trillion US dollars, but it's still my favorite company. So, uh, <laughs> yes. So. But that's not why I'm telling you this. So should you invest in Apple? I'm not sure. I'm not an investment specialist. But I know an investment that brings you greater return than investing in Apple. And that is investing in your values. Because values are above valuation. The first principle is that our values, they are above valuation. You know, in the Bible, in Proverbs 22, verse 4, it says, True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and a long life. Now, how many of you do not want riches, honor, and a long life? That sounds pretty awesome. I mean, none of you would say no to that. If you say no to that, we need to pray. Okay, but hey, what are these? Riches, honor, and the long life. That sounds like the valuation, the valuation of your life. And it's very interesting that the Bible talks about this, but there's a key word, lead. 
You know, it says there, so what leads to this valuation? True humility and fear of the Lord. What is that? Those are our values. Humility is a value. Fear of the Lord is a value. So values are more important than your net worth, than your salary, than your popularity. Your values are more important than how many followers you have on Instagram because they could be gone in a day. But your values, they are going to stay with you for the rest of your life. We went toe-to-toe with a giant, not because of our valuation, but because of our values. Forget about valuation. Forget about popularity. You know, I don't know how many of you understand Bitcoin. I don't understand it. Nobody can explain it. But Bitcoin used to be a few cents, then it went to 65,000 US dollar per Bitcoin, and right now, it's about 21,000 US dollar per Bitcoin. Why I'm telling you all of this? How many of you understand this valuation? You know, valuation is so dependent on what everybody else around you thinks about it. It's very fickle. Popularity, valuation, they can be gone very quickly. You all know celebrities, they got cancelled from one day, they were super famous, until the next day they had no more followers. You cannot control your valuation. You cannot control your popularity. But you can choose your values. You can choose what is important to you. Now some of us, we wonder, oh, what are our values? Never thought about it. Well, there are a few questions you can ask yourself that help you to find out what your values are. Now, what do you spend most of your time on? What do you spend most of your quality time on? What do you spend most money on? If you have a credit card, what gets most of your, of your credit card? Spending. You know, if you go around in life, what makes you very happy? What makes you very upset? Those are probably your values. If you run a business, crunch times are really are the best time to reveal your values. If there is a crunch time, what do you do first? Thinking of a new strategy, being creative, or you first let people go, you first retrench people because your number one goal is to, to, to preserve your own profit margin. Our values, they have to be above our valuation. Our values have to be above everything else. Our decisions, they have to be guided by our values. You know, when the circuit breaker first hit, after the initial shock, it was um, all the retail stores had to close. All the malls, they were closed. You couldn't go to the spa. You couldn't go to the restaurant. We were all stuck at home. Some of us with children that were supposed to go to school from home. But the, the, the bad thing for us was that we were extremely dependent on physical retail. So we couldn't sell to retailers anymore. So of course, we pivoted online. We did that. But another strategy that we had is we approached companies and said, hey, why don't you take our products and make them a redemption item for your credit card points, for other things. And one day, we had a Zoom call and one of our salespeople, she was very happy. You know, she didn't need a filter. She didn't need an emoticon. She was just happy. And then she said, hey, you know what? I just closed a big deal. I sold 1,000 earphones to a company. 
And then we were all like, wow, we are clapping. And then she said, yeah, as she pulls all that 1,000 earphones from us. And when I heard that, I'm like, you know, SG Pools is the national lottery. I'm like, oh no, they're using our products to entice young people to play the lottery. And this company is owned by two pastors. How can we allow that? I said, I think we need to talk about this. I'm very concerned. She said, oh, I know. I know you will be concerned. So I checked already. They are not buying this to entice people to gamble. They are buying this for their staff who are stuck at home so that their staff have a good working from home experience. So, so thank God. I'm like, whew. <laughs> you know, it's almost a good news turned into a bad news and we hate that, right? But hey, you know, our values, they need to be on top when we make decisions. Values are more important for a business than valuation. Values are important for you as a, as a family. You know, values, they're just so important. When you choose a boyfriend or a girlfriend, don't just do a fit check, do a value check. Don't just check their net worth, check their values. You know how I got together with my girlfriend, now wife? It was in Bible school, okay? Many years ago, not that many, many years ago, uh, I went to a Bible school and every class was compulsory and there were a few hundred students. There was only one class that was optional. And every time during lunch, they had prayer school. And I went there every day. And one day after I prayed, I opened my eyes and I saw a divine vision. <laughs> and I saw the same vision every day until I found out she's real and then I asked her to marry me. But... but <laughs> <laughs> but it's so important that when you get together with somebody, you check their values. You know, values are so precious. They can be passed down. They can be passed to other people. You know, you would know this quote, don't just pass down money, but mission. Don't just pass down valuables, but values. What are you going to pass down? What are you as parents going to pass down? I hope it's more than just valuables. You know, I have one scripture for you. And even if you're not a parent, one day you will be one. And even though you're not a parent, very, very young today, this is going to apply to you later. I tell you how. But in Deuteronomy 32 verse 46, he says, he added, Take to heart all the words of warning I have given you today. Pass them on as a command to your children so they will obey every word of these instructions. These instructions are not empty words. They are your life. By obeying them, you will enjoy a long life. So you see, as parents, we have to pass down values. And we are all here in Singapore and parents are so affected. We are so concerned about academics and parents spend a long time finding the right tuition center, the right enrichment classes. Parents, spend as much time and effort on thinking how do you pass down your values. And all the parents say, Okay, some of you. Okay, so, but for those of you, you are not parents. You enjoy receiving gifts. 
Maybe for some of you, you even know the concept of inheritance, inheriting valuables. Hey, today, you know what? Stretch out for more than just receiving gifts and valuables. Stretch out and hunger to receive values as well. So what is your focus today? Focus on values, not on valuation. We made an impact because of our values, not valuation. Now, how can we get an entire organization make an impact, not just us as individuals? You know what is so significant about this award? This award was not won because some of our senior team, we put together a plan, we went to present, and we convinced uh, you know, some judges that we deserve a prize. No, this uh, prize, this award was won by everybody that was engaging customers, the people in the front lines. So when the reporter came to our office, you know, she came out, she came to our office, and then she said, hey, you know, Christian, how would you feel if you were winning this? I said, oh, are you saying we are winning this? <laughs> he said, no, 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 I'm not saying, but hypothetically, what would you feel? I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so how would I feel? I said, two emotions. On one hand, I would feel very relieved. And on the other hand, of course, I would feel very proud of our team, of our frontline front staff. And she said, why relief? I said, because, you know, you never know. You have something in mind, what you want the customer to experience. But how do you know that the people in the front line, they do what you had in mind? So if we were to win something, we would know that what we had in mind, it went all the way from the core team all the way to the front lines. And, and when we then got the results, of course, we were very relieved that our team can translate our values into something that makes an impact to the customer. You know, they, they, our, our people, they are awesome. Sometimes I read the Google reviews, usually every week, and I'm amazed by our people. So I just want to show you one. So this Google review said this. It said, it's a shame this thing doesn't have a 10-star rating because that is what Harrison Gunn deserves. Now, what happened? Yeah, please suggest to Google 10-star ratings. Um, but hey, what happened? You know, basically, this customer bought something from us. And she put there, please contact me about the delivery. And then she put her phone number. And her phone number is very special. It only has seven digits. So one digit was missing. And then what Harrison did, instead of saying, hey, you know what, I cannot call this number. There are only seven digits. Let's wait for this customer to contact us. He tried all digits from zero to nine to find this customer. And in the end, he really found her and she was so happy. And you see, this is what we mean when we say serve happiness. You know, serve. As Christians, we serve. So... So we had no idea that this was happening. You know, nobody knew about it. He didn't ask his boss. His boss didn't ask us. No, he basically took our values and translated them. How do you do that? You see, you can't put this into a, a manual, into a checklist. If the customer leaves seven digits, you try zero to nine. Then what if the customer leaves nine digits? What is, you know? So that's why I say the amazing thing is, you, you, you cannot preempt every situation. 
But when you have stuff that take your values and they translate it into an experience for the customers, it's pretty awesome. Now, how do many companies do it? And we also have some of these. Many companies have policies, rules, checklists, codes of conduct, and these are good and probably necessary, but they are not enough. You know, two years ago, um, I bought a new iPhone and my telco was so nice, they offered me a new iPhone at a very good price and they said, you don't even need to come down, we will send it to your home. And like, wow, they are copying TC, you know, such good customer service. And then the product arrived and I was like, oh, nice box, right? Everybody loves the Apple, the iPhone boxes. I opened it and I tried to power it on, it couldn't power on. So I called the telco, I said, this thing cannot power on, please change it. He said, I cannot change it for you. I said, do you know about the lemon law in Singapore? He said, yeah, I know, but I still cannot change it for you. I said, why? Because my company has no policy that would allow me to do that, and my computer system has no button to press to trigger a return. I'm like, oh man, what am I going to do? He said, but you can call the service center, the outsourced service center. I'm like, okay, I called the service center. Took 40 minutes for somebody to pick up. And they said, oh, it's a new product. Date on arrival, you must call Apple. Okay, I call Apple. And then they said, oh, okay, come down to our Orchard Road store. We will try to help you. So I'm very sure that the telco didn't have this experience in mind for me. I'm sure that the experience center, I mean, I hope not, had this experience in mind for me. And I hope Apple didn't have this in mind for me. But you see, there are only policies, rules, code of conduct, they can only go this far. So what is even better than policies? It's culture. And that is my second point. It's culture above policies. You know, if you want to make an impact as an individual, it's values above valuation. If you want to make a, an impact as a team, as an organization, it is culture above policies. And I just want to add on a small disclaimer for all the youth in Heart of God Church. I know your culture is having fun and being enthusiastic. But in Heart of God Church, we also have a youth safety policy. So your fun is not above the youth safety policy. Amen? Amen. Okay, but you can still have a lot of fun. So, what is culture? What is culture? Well, culture is when individuals come together, they bring their individual values to the group, and the sum total of these values, that is the culture. Any group, any team, any country has a culture. Now, I'm a Swiss. I can talk about Swiss culture uh, because I'm the expert in it. I lived there many years. Now, what is important to Swiss people? What are their values? Well, there are two things. The first thing is time. Time is very important to Swiss people. If you have a play date, if your toddler is meeting your neighbor's toddler, you must be five minutes early. If you're only three minutes early, you are late. Business meetings, you have to be five minutes early, at least five minutes early. You know, in Switzerland, we travel by train a lot. So if you take a train from Zurich to Geneva, and it says, this train is leaving at 11.07 a.m., the moment the hand hits 
and it changes to 11.07, the train is out of the station. And even if you are running there, five seconds left, you're running, one second left, you're shouting to the conductor, wait! The moment it hits 07, the train is out because the conductor will say, you are not five seconds late, you are five minutes late. That is Swiss culture. And then we also believe a lot in order. Things must be in order. They cannot be out of the order. So you cannot name your children something that is out of the order. You cannot name your children Judas or, you know, charity case or this kind of stuff. It's not allowed in Switzerland. And the other thing about order is we are very regulated Everything is kind of regulated. So if you live in a high rise with many neighbors, you know, you are not supposed to shower after 10 p.m. Order. Yes, I know you didn't know that. So that was once a few years ago. I was having a holiday. We visited my mother and we were staying with my mom. And I'm so Singaporean now, I cannot sleep without a shower. So it was 10.30 p.m. and I started to take a shower and then my mom came. What are you doing? I said, I'm showering. It's 10.30. You cannot shower. I said, I have to shower. Otherwise, I cannot sleep. She said, no. Okay. <laughs> Got to obey your mother. So you know what I did? I waited for her to sleep. And then I proved to her that you can shower and your neighbor can still sleep. Okay, so I did take the shower, but because time and order, that's why we are famous for watches, right? We value time and order, that's why Swiss watches, yeah? But then you go, you go a few meters across the border to Italy, they don't care about time, they don't care about order, the more colorful, the better. And what are they famous for? Spaghetti, pizza, tortellini, gelato, because they love to enjoy life. Now, what do you prefer? If you go on a holiday, hey, don't go to Switzerland. Go to Italy. You get all the things your Singapore stomach craves for. So, there is culture for you because people value something. Individuals value something. So culture can be a good thing. Culture can be a not so good thing, especially if you want to shower at 10.30 p.m. But one thing is true. A good culture must be cultivated. It is not automatic. You know, in your, if you're in a soccer team, if you're in an organization, you want to be intentional about the culture. Because the stronger the culture, the less rules you need. And nobody likes rules. Culture is definitely better than rules. You know, there's this company. They are called A Great Place to Work. And they are rating other companies whether they are a great place to work. And what do they rate? They measure the, comp the culture in the company. So they will come to your group and they will anonymously give a survey to your employees and your employees rate your company. And very interestingly, they found out that companies with strong cultures, they outperform other companies with weak cultures by many times. On the stock markets, employee retention, and 
employee engagement in all these measures. And I'm so happy that we as TC, we were also certified a great place to work. So we don't win all the big business awards, but the awards about people. That's what we are very concerned about. And I even got a, um, not a citizenship from the DPM, but uh, an award, maybe one day, right? Uh, an award that we are a great place to work. And you would be very happy to know that Heart of God Church also participated in this and they did even better than TC. So I think we should give our Heart of God Church staff a big round of applause. Yeah, we are a great place to work everywhere, everywhere we go. Now, can you imagine, you want to be so intentional about a culture. You know, one thing that I didn't like in school were project groups. And why didn't I like it? Because your teacher is picking your teammates for you. And sometimes you end up in a group, nobody wants to work. Everybody is just, you know, chill and wants to enjoy life, maybe only in Switzerland, probably not in Singapore, right? But hey, imagine, what if you could... The Take the best student. You know, the student that is always on time, that is always working ahead of time, that reminds everybody on the project deadlines. Can you imagine you could take this person's values and you could replicate them into all the other people in your project group? I mean, I would be a doctor by now. It's, it, you know, you know that kind of a project group, that kind of a culture. That's what we. That's what. That's what we're trying to do in in our company, in Heart of God Church. We're trying to model the values that we believe in, and we try to encourage other people to imitate these values. I mean, in our company, of course, it's the leadership team. It's Pastor Hao, Pastor Dia, it's myself, Tiaming, Regine. We say, hey, this is the culture that we believe in. You know, people above profit and all that stuff. And the important thing is, culture is not something written on the wall. Culture must be written on our hearts. You know, that is what team members experience when we say it's a great place to work. It is not what is written in the manual or on the wall. No, it is what we experience. That is the culture. It's what the customers experience. You see, that's why Harrison would dial all those numbers. It's not because it's in a, just in a manual. No, it is on his heart. And how do God church? You know, we are, and, and especially those of you who have only been coming for a few weeks. You know, sometimes Hollywood and, and all these people, they portray Christianity and churches as a set of rules, a rule book, checklist, do this, don't do that. But that is really not what God had in mind. It's not rules. It's a change on the inside. That's why Jeremiah 31, 33 says, but this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days. I will put my instructions deep within them. I'll write them on their hearts. You see, it is not about rules. It's about having, the, the, having it written as values on our hearts, not somewhere else. So as a leader, you know, policies are good, but culture is even better. Focus on making your people understand what is the culture, the values that you believe in, in this team, in this company. Because only when there is mass adoption, it becomes a culture. Everybody must adopt these values. But the powerful thing is, the power is on the inside. You know, 
Pastor Hao, um, he has taught me something that is very valuable. I want to share this with you. There is a big difference between a brand and a culture. You know, the brand is the organization's product, services to the outside world. It is what the outside world sees. The brand is all external. But the culture is the organization's internal attitude, what people experience on the inside of the group, of the company. You know, a company and a brand, they might be famous. They might be well-known. They might be a market leader. But hey, you know what? Their culture might be not that great. You better check before you submit your resume. What are the values? What's the culture of this company? Because what you see on the outside might not be what's on the inside. And the sad thing is, most business people, most professionals, they spend a whole lot of money and time and effort on the brand because the stock market requires you to do this and requires you to do that. That's why we are short-term in our thinking and only invest in the brand. But we got to build the culture. You know, don't build what people see on Instagram. Build the inside. Build the culture. Because... Eventually, the culture will catch up with the brand. The internal will always determine the external. It's just a matter of time. Eventually, the culture will affect the brand, either positively or negatively. The culture will either influence positively or infect negatively. We can spend all we want on PR and celebrity endorsements, on advertisements, but eventually the culture will catch up with us. You know, a few years ago, um, when we, you know, when, when Pastor Howe 12 years ago over, uh, took over the family business and, uh, you know, some of us came in to run the business, I was meeting with this company. It's a very famous company. They were the first company to bring in Apple products to Singapore. So the first to bring in the MacBooks, the iPhone, and they had stores, retail stores in all the famous locations in MBS and, and everywhere. And as I was talking to them, meeting them, working with them, I figured, I realized that even though this company is so famous, the people don't like to work there. And didn't really know why, but they were all unhappy. And then one day they say, hey, the boss wants to meet with you. So, okay, I go meet the boss. And the first thing he said, he said this, Chris, you must give me a better price. Say, okay, can we start with hello first? <laughs> um, and then he was like, yeah, you must give me a better price. You know, uh, your margin is not enough. And then I tried to explain to him that, you know, in your retail store, you have your own retail stuff. But we also send in our team that helps to sell our products so you don't get stuck with them. And also, when there are a lot of people, our team is trained to sell your Apple products as well. So I know last month, our team sold all these products for you. And then he got very intense. He said, who got the commission? I'm like, what do you mean? Because in a retail store, when you sell something, you get a commission. So he was worried that his stuff would take commission of products that my stuff sold. But hey, instead of celebrating that there is sales, he was very concerned about that small amount of commission. So I understood, this is how they run. And then six months or nine months later, we had another meeting. 
And I, sometimes I don't like to go into all these business review meetings because they always think that they deserve more, right? So, okay, we went in. And then we had quite a good meeting. And then he said, we were already saying bye. I was already packing up and leaving. And I should have left. <laughs> he suddenly said, Hey, Chris, is there anything that we can do better when we work with your company? I say, no, it's good, it's great, it's perfect. He say, no, you must tell me, is there anything? I say, no, really, believe me, there is nothing. <laughs> then he said a third time, okay, three times. He said, no, Chris, there must be something we can do better. He said, okay, you ask me so many times, there's a tiny little thing that you could do better. He said, what is it? I said, well, our agreement is that when we sell you stuff, you pay us within 30 days. But it seems your accountant thinks it's 60 days or 90 days. So would you mind talking to them? And he said, that is normal what? I said, what do you mean? He said, it's normal. It's normal to pay people late in this industry. I said, it's not normal. He said, who pays you on time? And then I made the mistake I shouldn't have said. I told him the name of the company that always pays on time, and he banged the table and he walked out because he was his arch competitor. And then his staff looked at me and he said, Christian, you don't know Asian culture, is it? I said, yeah, I don't know, but now I know. So, so that was, yeah, you can give Jesus a big hand. That was... That was an encounter, and, and this company is not around anymore, okay? It was eventually delisted from the stock market. Somebody took over, and yeah. So they are not around anymore. They are not giving you epic experiences anymore. So in Harugawa Church, in TC, <laughs> we, okay, let's move on. <laughs> We want to make sure our culture is in our hearts, amen, not just on the wall. You hear all the stories. How can this be taught? How can this be passed on? It got to be on our hearts, not just on the wall. And that's why I love this quote by Pastor Leah. Do the important, not the impressive. You know, most people focus on the impressive. Most people focus on the external, on the popularity. But the more important thing, focus on the inside. What is happening in the culture? When you focus on the important, one day you will become impressive. Focus on the important. You know, it's so, it's so difficult nowadays to focus on the internal, on the important, because our culture with all the social media, we are so used to look at what we see. Everything must look good. We must have all the filters so we look younger, we look better. It's so important how our home look like. Even the homes must be Instagram-worthy all the time. Do that with two children, you know? But, but you know, you got to focus on the internal, not the external. You know, sometimes I see, see people in the working world and they must have all kinds. It's okay to buy bags, support retail industry, but they must have the right bags and they must have the right cars. And that is great and you should reward yourself once in a while. But focus first on the internal, the important. Amen? And you know, 
I want to tell you one last story. And of course, I try to do that all the time with our staff, with, in my family, with my children. I try to influence and instill the right values. So, so last year, um, I was driving my son to school uh, one morning, and then suddenly he pointed at a car. He pointed at a supercar, and he said, are these people rich? So I, I look, I try to see, right? <laughs> I don't know them. I don't know whether they are rich. Um, but... Uh, but maybe, maybe they are, and um, you know. But let me backtrack a little bit. So what happened last year is, yes, last year I bought a car. And for me as a Swiss, I find cars in Singapore, they are way too expensive. Okay, way too expensive. For the cheapest Toyota in Singapore, you get a high-end Mercedes in Switzerland. That is how different the prices are. So what I did for the longest time, I bought a second-hand car and I was driving a 13-year-old Honda, 13-year-old second-hand car, and it was great. It brought me from point A to point B. The brand is not important. Important is from point A to point B. And then when it was raining, it's great, no rain. There's no rain inside. We're all dry. And when it's hot, the aircon is working. 13 years old, great car, fulfilled its duty. Now, I did know that eventually I would need a bigger car because I have two kids and they are not the short kind, they are the tall kind. So, you know, in order for them to fit in, soon we will probably need a bigger car. But then there was one more thing that made me rethink whether I should just stick to secondhand or buy a new car. And that was that my 10-year-old, he is very into Formula One. Okay, very much. He can tell you all the strategies, all the teams, the point system. And this is not something I pass down. I do not know. I do not know where he caught that. But hey, since he's so passionate, I was thinking like, okay, never mind. Next time, in a few years' time, I'm going to buy a new car. See, that's how our kids affect us, right? Um, but then something happened last year. So one day, the board of directors, the shareholders, the owners of TC, sounds very big, just two of them, called for a meeting. And, and then in the meeting, they were saying, hey, you know, Chris, we know that you want to buy a new car in two years' time. And it's not that I'm going around telling everybody. I, I don't know how they know. Somehow, they know what's on my heart. And they say, hey, you know, TC wants to bless you with a special bonus. And this bonus can pay half of the car and you can buy it now, not in a few years' time. And of course, I was extremely blessed and grateful. And, um, you know, it's good when the owners of the company know what, you know, they are, have a heart for other people. So I bought a new car and I didn't buy a Ferrari. I bought a normal SUV that you would consider normal. And I was driving in this SUV to, was driving my son to school. And that's when he said, are these people rich? And I said, I don't know whether these people are rich. But you know what? I know people, they don't drive supercars, but I think they have been giving away a few supercars. And he goes like, who? Right, who? I said, you know the company I run? The owners, they have been giving parts of the profits, a significant part of profit to people. You know, there are some people, they're renovating their house, they came in to help. There are some people, they have a child and they really need a car because of their schedule. They came in to help. I say, even for our own car, you know what? Half of it is paid by them. I think it's your half, not my half. But 
they came in to help. And, and then he, I, I think that in this car ride, he learned more, in this car ride to school, he learned more than one year in school. He learned that it's more important to be generous, more important to have a big heart than a big car. You know, it's more important what values you have, not what valuables you have. He learned that what we aim for, it is the generosity. It is, it is what is on the inside of us. He learned the internal must first be in order. It's more important than the external. And now, whenever we see a Ferrari, a Lamborghini or whatever, he is reminded. It is more important to have the right values than the valuables. Values are above valuables. Amen? So that's why your values, they are so important. Your values are the most important in your life. What's on the inside of you is the most important in your life. And just one last thing about values. You know that your values, they attract people. Now what do they attract? Your values, good, godly values, they attract people of the same kind. Good and godly cultures, they attract people of the same kind. But the opposite is also true. If your values are me first, and it's always about the external and always about the impressive, you also attract people that are like that. So for some of you, business owners, or maybe others, you have been burned by people and you cannot figure out what is it. You always seem to attract a certain kind of people. Today you know it could be because of your values. Maybe you've got to change something on the inside. But values are so crucial because, you know, I as a running a company, I hire many people and we hire all kinds of people. Anybody who is a person can apply to work for us. We hire people from ITE, from poly, from university. And when we observe who is doing well, who is excelling, it is always one factor that is there. And the factor is not what school are they from, whether are they from poly, IT, or uni, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether they are creative. Some of our staff, they are very creative, very out of the box. And other staff, they are very orderly, very organized. But you know what's the common denominator? It's the values. The people, the staff with great values. It doesn't matter who they are, where did they go to school, but they will excel. So how do God church? Choose your values. You know, here in Singapore and anywhere in the world, we have, there are people making decisions for us, right? Our government makes decisions. The companies we work for makes decisions. The younger you are, the more your parents make decisions for you. But there's one decision you cannot give away and one decision only you can make. And that is what values do you embrace? What kind of a person do you want to be? And sometimes I find it so sad when people give away this decision-making power. They give it away to the popular clique. They give it away to peer pressure. They give it away to what the stars say, what the singer they follow say. They give it away to what social media is saying. Today, I ask you, take that decision-making power back. No matter how old you are, the younger you are is even more important. Decide what values do you want to embrace? What kind of a person you want to be? And very soon, if you are that person, today you want to decide, 
That is the kind of person I want to be. I don't want to let other people tell me what values I have. I don't want peer pressure, social media. I'm going to decide. Later on, I want to pray for you. And for some of you, you realize you actually have good values, but you didn't always put them above, you know, valuation, above popularity. You've compromised because you were under pressure or maybe because there were certain temptations and attractions. If you want to say today, I want to put my values above valuation, Later, I want to pray for you. And the last group, you know, maybe some of you, you are in, in, a, in a team, you're a leader, a director, you lead a team. Maybe some of you, you lead a company. Today, you learn that, hey, the right values, the right culture must be built intentionally. And if you want to say, yes, I want to build the right culture, I also want to pray for you. And I have a bonus tip for all the business people here. You know, sometimes I see visions of companies and their vision is always to be the market leader in this, to be the biggest so-and-so in this area. But who is going to benefit from you, from this It's only shareholders. It's only the top level. You know what is much more inspiring? If you say, we are going to build a company that is a great place for people to come to work, where people feel embraced, where people feel they can be the best that they can be. You see, the internal is not about the external. So if you are the kind of person, you lead a team or you're part of a team, you lead a company, or you one day want to lead a company, you want to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to build that kind of company. People love to come to work. If that is you, I also want to pray for you. So why don't we all close our eyes? And why don't you pray? And every all eyes closed, and there's a lot of privacy in this place. And I just want to ask you, if you're the kind of person that today says, Hey, this is so true. I'm not going to let other people tell me what values I'm embracing. No, I decide. These are my values. I want to have good and godly values. I want to pray for you. If you say that I had good values, but I compromised them, but today I want to put them on top. I want to pray for you. And if you say yes, I want to build a great culture wherever I am, in the business, the company, in my teams, on a count of three. I want you to lift your hand and to show me so I can pray for you, to show God so that God knows that you are serious. So on a count of three, one, two, and three. If you are the kind of person, your values, values above valuation, right culture. Jesus, I just pray for everyone in this place. Everyone that is deciding that it's my values, it's not culture, the outside, it is not peer pressure, it's not social media, no, no. I decide I'm a person of integrity. I decide I'm a person of character. I decide I'm a person of purity. Lord, I pray that you strengthen their conviction. You help them to make that come to pass. And I pray for everyone in this place that says, I will stop compromising. I'm going to put my values above popularity, my values above valuation. I pray for conviction. And everybody in this place that is running a team, running a company, that is in a team, I pray that you give them the wisdom to influence that place. So that place is going to be a great place. It's a place where people are valued, a place where people are above profit, a place that brings honor to you, God. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends.
You can connect with us and our senior pastors, Pastor Hao and Pastor Leah, on Instagram or Facebook. Also, do join us for our online services, HOGC On Air, or for one of our in-person services on the weekends if you're in Singapore. To find out more, just visit www.hogc.sg. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.